Oh yes, I had to let the music rock a little bit longer this time. You know what time it is. It's another episode of the 3-in-1 podcast. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, Mr. Pivot himself. Please give it up for International Ian Lamont Morgan. Don't worry. LeBron is gone, but uh, I'm still here. Cleveland, this is for you. This is for you. All for you. And here in the capital city. They call him the Black Luka Doncic because he carries the team on his back when it's necessary. Give it up for your boy, Malcolm Morgan. <laughs> yes. Yes. Shout out to Luka. Tried to hold it down all by himself, literally. Literally. And he almost did it. <clears throat> yeah, man. Almost. How are we doing today, Ian? Uh... I'm actually feeling like Luca. I've been putting in work, mm. and uh, <laughs> I am um, you got definitely t- tingling in the it, fingers and in the shoulders. Uh, not so much the <laughs> uh, the nerve issue, Luca, but I am definitely feeling like I'm putting up 49 and 14, and uh, not quite getting it done yet. So I got a lot on my to do list coming up. Baby coming. Uh, a lot of crazy things going on this summer, recordings, all types of fun stuff. So yeah. I'm, 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 I'm pushing. I feel it. I feel it. How so, about you? Um, you know, I am exhausted. I am tired. Yeah. But, okay. but a break is coming, and I'm grateful for that. But that's oh, not, my. We didn't come here to talk about that. We came here to talk about sports. Oh, and by the way, I want to know, who's the Pat Bev in your life? If you're if you're feeling like Luca, who's the, what, what is the Pat Beverly in your life that's just too um, small to guard you? Josiah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's my nephew Josiah, his son that he just called Pat Beverly. That's next level trash talk, ladies and gentlemen. That's next level. <laughs> I'll take it back. Uh, Donald Trump is forever the Pat Beverly of my life. He's too small. He's too small. And he lacks the stamina. <laughs> so we are fully we are fully in round two of the NBA playoffs. Woo! We have made yeah, it, you man. guys. It seemed like it seems like it took a while. But we made it here. Um, let's start off with just you know, can we take? Can I take back my prediction from last week? Because uh, it, it's not looking so good right now. Brooklyn is up two zero after two just massive dominating wins against the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, even lost and all that is James Harden is out has been out, uh, came out of game one, didn't play game two, is not going to play in game three, and it has not mattered even a Fairly little bit. Not. Nope. I keep forgetting that he's on the team, honestly, because they have just been so good. Um, man, what what happened? What happened to Milwaukee? <laughs> what happened? So I'm trying my best to be, I guess you know, objective and and, and remember that it's, it's only it's only two games down. Yeah. They still got to play out the whole series, especially. What we saw in that last series, you know, with Luka. Mm-hmm. And we thought Dallas was about to put the Clippers away, which that's a whole other thing. That's but thing. I think the difference mm-hmm. is Luka was doing it on his own. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I I, I have no I, – I, I didn't see this coming. I definitely thought that because uh, Milwaukee had the size advantage that they might, you know – find some ways to exploit some, you know, we've been talking about Brooklyn size for a long time. Yeah. They were plus 11 on the boards in game one. Didn't matter. They were plus two in game two. 
also didn't didn't matter because and we talked about this they even in their size they even with the you know with the shiny defense that everybody thinks is amazing they can't out defense Brooklyn offensive <laughs> they just can't because man crazy stat Brooklyn shot twenty percent better than them from three Jesus. in both games <laughs> and they only had eight turnovers. While Milwaukee was in double digits both games, they're just not. I, honestly, just from the eye test alone, Brooklyn is looking like the experienced playoff team, even though they're somewhat pretty much newly constructed. And Milwaukee is looking like the novices out here, and uh, I I did not see it coming. Mm. Yeah, I, I I've watched I watched most of Game One, about half of Game Two. After after halftime of Game Two, I was like, I can't even. This isn't even. You try to like talk yourself into stuff like at the half. Oh, they can get it down below thirty going into the half. Maybe they can. <laughs> <laughs> and then one time I looked up in the third quarter, I, I put the game on, and I I I think they were almost up fifty, and I was like, really, this is. And Giannis is still out there, and I'm just like, man, this is, ooh, this is sad. Um, yeah, it's crazy how how good they are. I mean. Yeah. I was telling somebody this this week, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are two people that don't need to worry about getting a good shot. Like, Kevin Durant can pretty much shoot over anyone, so he doesn't really need to work hard to get a good shot. And and then when he really decides he wants to work hard to get a good shot, then he just becomes completely unguardable. If you can get him to kind of settle and he's not having a good shooting day, maybe— but when he's go getting going and he's not really trying to like beat you off the dribble, he's just kind of posting you up and then going over a shoulder or just straight up just shooting the three over over you. But he's hitting everything. He's shooting over fifty percent yep. from three. Um, Joe Harris shooting over fifty percent from three. Uh, Blake shooting forty five percent from three. You know what, um, Ian? I didn't want to have to do this, but I I apologize to Blake Griffin. I thought he was it was over for him. I completely thought it was over him, and he's dunking on Yon, making Giannis is making business decisions about Blake Griffin. Yeah, in the game. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, what yeah. is happening? <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> I I told to our listeners, I was I was just I was out I was out of the house, so I wasn't watching the game, and Malcolm is like he's tripping because Blake is out here. <laughs> I think that that is the poster child. That is that is the, the yeah. That's the symbol of how this series has gone so far. You didn't see it happening. It's almost as if they hadn't dunked since 2019, and now <laughs> <laughs> you put you put Giannis on posters. It's it's weird, but man, I it, it's it's tough. What does it say about Giannis to you? I mean. So they they've reverted back to that horrible offense of let Giannis bring up the ball and and lead the offense, which is really easy to cover. But they keep running it, and he's basically looking at four people in the paint, and looking at him, saying, "Oh, come on, or shoot it. Either way, we're good." Yep. And and there's just no room for him. And then you know, uh, Holiday and Middleton have not had a good series at all. They're both nope. they're both averaging an identical fifteen points a game, which is not enough. I mean, Giannis is getting his numbers twenty six and eleven, which is fine, but he's not getting any enough from it. I mean, and Brooke Lopez is having a pretty good series, averaging close to fifteen a game. Um, but those guys have to be up 
at 20 and above for them to even have a yep. shot. And then Giannis needs to, from that needs to be up around 30. Like they really have to dominate those three guys and they just haven't showed up in this series. I mean, the, the weird, the weirdest stat to me is to see how much Brooklyn is dominating these games and Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris and Blake Griffin has, have not shot a free throw. Are you kidding me? Not have, not have it made one. They haven't even gotten to the free throw line one time. That's bad. <laughs> That's really bad. And so, A, that tells me, like I said before, with KD and Kyrie, they don't have to work to get a good shot. They can just get a shot. They're good enough on their own to just make a tough shot. And so, and Milwaukee is not really forcing them to have to get into the paint or running them off the three-point line. They're just kind of able to do whatever they want offensively. And the Bucks have, wow. they have no answer. They have absolutely okay. no answer. You're like blowing my mind right now. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the Nets shot seven free throws in the last game. Seven. Seven. Two of them were garbage free throws by Tyler Johnson. <laughs> Here's what's more egregious even than that. The Bucks shot nine, which you cannot do. You know. And what all, all that says to me is just what you said. They are playing. They have reverted back to a basic offense yeah. that does not generate motion and does not, you know, put pressure on the defense enough to make them have to respond. Yeah, they're just jacking up shots, and um, and Giannis is doing. And here's, you know, I, I feel like a Giannis hater, so I'm gonna be quick with this. But I just want, I want the world to hear me. Hear, hear my heart, everybody. I do not hate Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. I think that he is a very unique and 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 very good basketball athlete. Um, I cannot call I, all this MVP stuff and everything like that. I understand that the numbers were there, but I, I'm sorry. I think I understand the MVP is a regular season award. I think it has to count for something. When the, when defenses show you constantly, what is this year four in a row where yeah, defenses yeah. are showing us that solving the Giannis riddle is very simple because he will not diversify his skill set enough. He's 26, I think. Plenty yeah. of time to still develop, but if he is not living in a in, in a cot with Patrick Ewing and Hakeem Olajuwon and <laughs> and, and and some some of the great post players, Tim Duncan, if he is not spending millions to buy a, a mid-range jump shot, then I, I, I don't care. I, I can't give him all of these accolades that people are giving him. Yeah, I mean, I, I will give Giannis credit. He doesn't do the Ben Simmons thing where he'll stand out there and they'll kind of be lagging off him and he won't shoot. He'll still shoot. And some some days, if, if Giannis can go in a game, if he goes two for eight from three, that's a win. <laughs> that's a win in my book because it's not pretty when he shoots a three. Um, so he at I least, think he went two and five in game one. Yeah, and then he didn't hit one in game two. So yeah, I mean, at all, you yeah. you you take you take it because you because there's still moments in the series where you'll see him go to the basket and he's just you're just like what can you do? He he does two dribbles from from half court and he's at the rim. What can you do? Zero step to the left. Zero <laughs> step to the right. But 
They've got they've got to find some ways to get some off ball action with him, get him moving a little bit to put a lot more pressure on that defense. Because if they're expecting him just to be able to get through four guys standing in the paint for seven games, it's just not going to happen. So, real quick before uh, we get out of here, do you think the Bucks are are they done? Do they have a shot to recover from this, or is this is this a sweep? I really do want to give them a game. I really do. I, I'm I'm a caller, gentleman, sweet, just for the sake of not being called a hater. Everything in me sees. I, I see brooms. I close my eyes at night and I see brooms when I think about this series. <laughs> but I'm gonna give it a gentleman, sweet, just for the sake of. If yeah, they got to show me something in game three. Cause it ain't. It, it's been. It's been. These last two games been. I. I don't see anything where I could say. Oh, if they just do that, like nothing was working. Nothing was working at all. I don't. I just don't see it. It. This might be a sweep. And if it's a sweep, uh, Mike Budenholzer, you might as well. You might as well go ahead and pack up those bags today, because you will not that's, be the coach after that. That's the only move they can make. It is. It. It really is. Are you know? Mm. Could, we could be like you know all these sports shows after. After the season's over, should they trade Giannis? This is the biggest, the best value they'll be able to get. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. They're never- I mean, uh, <laughs> it'd be a really good time to see Giannis then. Oof. I, I, I think the conversation has to be had about whether or not he's really. All right. I'm not going to do that. Nobody. Do that. They, they, I don't think you win the championship with Giannis as your first option. I think you can, but you've got to be way more creative than Mike Budenholzer has been. I don't think you can be. You can do it with this version of Giannis. I don't think there's a way around him having to develop additional skills, whether yeah. it's ball handling, whether it's post, or whether it's shooting. Yeah. But I also I, this offense is not creative at all. I get it. I mean, and I, I, I you and me could draw up a screen. You you and me could draw up a scheme to stop this offense. Yeah, you're true. You're right. You're right. Like it's also, not, I do think they're they're really missing DiVincenzo. I think they're missing um, him. I don't. I mean, not not he's not going to be the difference. I was going to say, I, but <laughs> you <laughs> uh, you really at this point there you need everything to go right to be Brooklyn. Um, them missing him and and some sliver of perimeter defense, you know, in addition to Drew is one thing, but then also you got to have everybody playing better. Even Giannis scored 18 points in that last game. Nah, you need 18 points in the first quarter. Right. You need you need them Luka numbers. You need them Luka exactly. numbers. Um, exactly. Yeah. So good luck. Uh, <laughs> good luck, yeah. Milwaukee, because you're going to need it. Um, let's talk about a star being born in the Eastern Conference in the other series. Trey Young. Um, you yeah. have also been critical of Trey Young, I believe. Um and I, I appreciate that. I feel like he was talk. He's been talking to you all playoffs. All the, all the bowing and the and the and the you know. Uh, to I feel like that was to you. Do you take, I, do you okay. take that personally? Okay, okay. I don't. It is. <laughs> it's almost as if I sat on him myself. No, I. <laughs> clearly. Clearly, and this is something I think is interesting because uh, I try to project what would his playoff run look like if he had never gotten spat on. Because I will give him this: Trey Young got some dog in him. Yeah, 
because he got sat on and he never looked back. <laughs> he decided he was going to slay the Knicks from that point on, and he did that. Um, he was the Michael no, Jordan I, meme. I have, he was the Michael Jordan meme. I took that personally. He, he was. He absolutely, <laughs> 1,000%. I mean, and, and, yeah, I've been critical of his efficiency um, and just, the you know, the, the deep shooting and everything like that. Because it's not been, you know, he's capable of it, but he's not he's not a Dame, Dame Dollar marksman from down there. But I, I, I must admit, playoff trade has been a whole issue. He has the same Luka dynamic. Mm. Um, and, and I know we've been losing to Luka. Part, I'm sad that I'm not going to be able to see that man play basketball for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing that, that's different about them, even when you look, you look at a Giannis, um, cause he's shown he's not a star, not, uh, he, he's shown that he is a star, excuse me, but it's not just because of the numbers he's putting up. It's cause he, he is doing what you know he wants to do, mm-hmm. but you really can't stop him from getting to the spot where he wants to do it. Mm. And when you do apply enough pressure, he is an elite enough passer and under, his understanding of the game is enough, uh, where he gets other guys, he puts them in perfect position. He's been doing it all playoffs long. And so, yeah, I mean, and you see he's gotten his other guys in rhythm, gotten big contributions from Herder, big contributions from uh from, from Bogdanovich, yeah. big contributions, you know, all the way around that team has been playing and winning by committee. Yeah. But he is the engine that makes them go. He has distinguished himself as a star in the league. 29-10, and it may seem pedestrian, it's just the way that he's doing it. It's infectious for his team, and I'm I'm impressed. Yeah, I've been impressed with. I mean, I've been. I think I've I've been higher on Trey Young than you have been. Um, but I've always, you know, you want to see him do it at a at a at a high level, not just in the regular season. And so I give credit a lot of credit to Trey. He's put to rest any doubt. Is he is he a star? He's a star. He is definitely a star. The way that he showed up in that series against the Knicks, embraced the moment. And really, I don't even want to say put the team on his back, but did exactly what the team needed him to do. Because they had other contributors. You know, Bogdanovich had a good series. Clint Capella, I think, has proven his value as well outside of Houston. I think a lot of people had questions about him. But I think he's really shown that he's a good two-way center in this league. You got Gallinari, who's been coming off the bench and has been really good for them as well. And then DeAndre Hunter coming back healthy was really important for them. But really, Trey is the engine for them. He's what sets them apart. What's funny about this year is that he actually is taking less threes than he did last year. I think he's taken about three less attempts from three this season than he did last year. So he has changed up his game a little bit. We're seeing more of the floaters, more of that in-between game. And I think that has served him pretty well because I think because he does have range, maybe he's not as efficient from that range as some other people, people do have Mm -hmm. to kind of play out on him. And so that's forced him to kind of develop that mid-range I don't want to say mid-range, but that floater game, that in-between game when he can't get all the way to the rim or he's not pulling up from deep. So I I just love how he's just really attacking these moments, taking on that villain role that we don't see a lot of players do, especially in this generation. And he's, you know, he's he's exactly what the Atlanta Hawks need. They need a a star like Trey Young that's going to kind of be – add some gravity to that to that franchise and to that city and then a city that you know is so big in hip-hop have a, a star like trey to be able to kind of galvanize rap write raps about and really you know 
give a reason to care about the Atlanta Hawks. I think that's really great for the city and for the franchise. Yeah, man. But I'm the, excited. I mean, that. Do you believe in this Atlanta team? I mean, we have seen so many iterations of this team. And are they, uh, sidebar, are they wearing We Believe gear? Man, I don't, I don't know. know they, I don't know. They've done I, some interesting things. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if they know. Like, we are, that, that's already been. Like, you know, move on. Five on There's so many. It's actually, it's also not Cleveland's, by the way. Um, it's actually so Cleveland yeah. State. This it, this iteration <laughs> of um, <laughs> this iteration of of Atlanta squad, though. You know, it's not the Josh Smith ones. It's not the God, Josh Smith. Ooh, the the ones that you know Cleveland really did love beating up on in the playoffs. But <laughs> how far do you? How, what's the feeling for this squad? Uh, in terms of this year, this is a rough. This is a tough series for them. Um, yeah. Philly really has the kind of defenders that can really bother Trey. They can put Thibel and Ben Simmons on them, and they don't really have anybody else on the perimeter that I think they really feel like it's going to hurt them as badly as Trey. And so the athleticism of Ben Simmons and, and Thibel over the course of a game, I think, can be really difficult on him, and it, it can make Trey a lot more inefficient. And so if that is where it starts, I think they're they're in for a rougher series. I think yeah. we talked about this offline, but after game one, we, me and you both said it, but I felt like I was like, Philly figured out what, how they need to play against this team, and mm-hmm. they're going to carry that into game two, and that's exactly what happened. They, they buckled down on defense, really forced – Atlanta to not do what they wanted to do and then Embiid was just monstrous on the inside even against a guy like Capello who's a good defender he just was going straight through him and so the the, in this series and with Embiid the big the big thing with him over the last few years has been he he it seems like he wanted to prove that he's the most skilled big man in the league but now he's deciding I'm going to be the most physically imposing big man in the league. And he's going, instead of trying to go around people or shoot over people, he's going through them, going into the contact. And if he's playing like that with the way this team can play defense and they get enough shooting from guys like Shake Milton on a, on any given night, Seth Curry on any, any given night, I, it's going to be a rough series for Atlanta. As good as they are, I just think this is a bad matchup for them. I agree. I don't know why it took Doc a feel out game to understand that Danny Green was not the answer <laughs> against Trey Young. But yeah, I, I think the, the future's looking bright, but we'll we'll see how they keep on developing that squad. Yeah, and uh, you know they got better after Rondo left. You know, whatever you want to do with that. Um, I want to burn it. That's what I want to do with that. <laughs> so real quick, um, in the Western Conference, what are your predictions? Denver versus Phoenix. Who do you have? Uh, Phoenix. Mm. I think Phoenix gets it done. Uh, I saw enough from Chris Paul that he looks. I think we said it last last week that if Chris Paul was going to be, I think I said sixty percent mm-hmm. uh, of himself, then then I I gave them the edge. And uh, game one, he definitely came out and looked like uh, uh, he was gonna he was gonna be able to get it done. I don't think Jokic has enough help. And watch out, Michael Porter Jr. Um, straining anytime you – if I hear a net, back, leg for him whatsoever, I'm concerned. And, uh, and I think they said it was back that he strained in that first game. So, got to keep an eye out there. Yeah, man, that's that's a big injury. I mean, he's he's been playing really well in the playoffs and this season. Yep. 
I, I my my mind is telling me Denver, but that Michael Porter Jr. injury is is looming over me. I don't feel great about. I feel this is going to be a, a long series either way. I think I just I don't know. I just have that feeling that it's going to be a six seven game series. But if if Devin Booker plays like he played to eliminate the Lakers, mm-hmm. it's uh it might be a it might be a long night for for Denver. We'll see. And then it the, would behoove them to end it quick. It it would. Because Will Barton, Will Barton is coming back, um, Coach Yay. Michael Malone. Uh, well, when you look at their other guards, you'll be very. They'll be very <laughs> no, glad that Will Barton yeah, is coming yeah. back. <laughs> I'm clowning. Shout out to Will Barton, man. Solid, solid, solid starting to guard, man. Um, and then in the other Western Conference series, we've got Clippers versus Utah. Utah won Game One. Stifle Tower, man, came out with a big block in Game One. You know, did did. Uh, who you got in that series? I don't believe this. I really don't believe this. And shout out to Donovan Mitchell dropping forty five. Like that's impressive. I don't know why I have the Clippers winning the series, I but I do. Either. I don't know why I have the Clippers. I I, I got to say this. I'm talking to myself. This is therapy right now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't know why. I have the Clippers winning the series, but something about the way that first game went down, something about uh, uh, Paul George not playing to his full potential, four seventeen. That was a mess. I think he's playing. Um, I, think, I he's, think he's playing to his playoff potential, though. I okay, all right, all right. Let's <laughs> let's not. He's been balling. He's been balling in the playoffs so far. I'm gonna give him credit, and I'm probably the last person that normally would, but. Uh yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go ahead and take the Clippers and six in this series. So here's here's the uh, I looked at the at the box score from that game. Donovan Mitchell did everything, and they got very little from Joe Ingles, which I don't think is going to happen for a whole series. They didn't get as much as they would like from Bogdanovich, and Mike Conley didn't play in this game. Who's been playing really? Who played had a really great year this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Utah's going to win this one. I think Utah in five or six. I wow. Think, I think, okay. I think the uh, they have to play Zubac, and you know we know. I think I think we all know what Zubac is on defense. Uh, they got to play a big. They they were forced to play Boogie Cousins uh, in the game um, on in game one. So. Rudy is going to have a big effect on this game. We saw what he did at the end of the game. Donovan Mitchell is another one of those guys that's just hard to guard for a whole game because he's coming at you. I mean, he's everyone says it, and it's it's the most obvious thing. But he's that Dwayne Wade. He's he's like I'm coming downhill every time, and you're just going to have to hold that for the whole game. He's just going to come. Absolutely. He's going to be relentless, and he's got more help than he's got a lot more help than Luca did. Um, so I think Utah has. Plenty of weapons, and I think over the course of the series, I think they'll just be too much to handle for the Clippers. I think uh, I, I don't know. I think the Clippers are going to get more from uh, Mr. Marcus Moore Senior. Um, like getting blocked and looking at Luke Kennard had a big eighteen. Yeah, He's... and uh, and put some respect on Boogie's name, please. I um, love Boogie. I think that if he got more ticks. You know, you would be able to see a lot more production from him, and I think they could use him in the series. Even though, yes, defensively he's a liability. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I love, but Boogie. uh, 
I love Boogie, but if I'm Donovan Mitchell, I am pointing at whoever is guarding him, saying, "Set the screen." <laughs> Absolutely, set listen, the screen. man. They need him. They need him offensively. <laughs> let me let me let me be very very clear. But like you said, when your bigs are Zubats and and Boogie, it's is it's gonna it's gonna be tough going whether or not they can do anything on that interior. Yeah. So sure, that's that's the big question. Um, so let's talk about we we haven't got to talk since the Lakers got eliminated in the saddest Ooh. fashion possible. We watched Anthony Davis come out and limp off in the first quarter, mm. and <laughs> I, I give the Lakers a little bit of credit that they came back in that game because it was getting it it wasn't getting it was ugly, and they got it down to eleven, and it was like, are they gonna be real? Is this really gonna happen? And then they just they turned back into the Lakers and couldn't hit anything. And LeBron was you could he was just physically you could see he was he had nothing left in that in that fourth quarter. He was taking he was taking those uh <laughs> those breaks where you're like, All right, let's see how long he comes out and he's coming right back in. We're not even exactly. didn't even put on the, the warm ups. He just now he's resting on the on the uh on the scores table. <laughs> Freak frequent breaks. I think that's that's the thing is that you saw LeBron taking breaks because he had to take a break, yes. not because they wanted to give him a breather. And that's when I knew writing was on the wall. Yeah. I was like, yeah, they can make this push all they want to, but they, old man Brian, they yeah, got it. And, uh, and yeah, he, you know, he he missed a lot of time, and with the ankle injury, you can't yeah. really can't really get your cardio up. So, and then he's dropped into playoff basketball, and then dropped into playoff basketball without Anthony Davis is uh, scary LeBron, position. Le- LeBron is our early season MVP front runner for next year. No, oh, okay, wow. Let's let's whole off season, whole off season of rest for him. Aside from uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, aside from Looney Tunes, uh, the Tune Squad, as he said, that he'll be lacing up with. But no, nah, LeBron with with a whole off season to really key in, focus in, and the adjustments that I am believing in Lakers management yeah. that they were gonna make. Bron MVP. Uh, that he's gonna go out with a bang. Wow, I'm not ready to make that yet. I'm just glad that he wasn't. He's not still trying to do the Olympics this this summer. I, I thought yeah, it was. No, I thought it was that. crazy that he was still talking about it last year and in some of this year. Like, bro, why, why? Yeah, just let it, it's all right. So that's off the table now. He's gonna get a full off season. Anthony Davis is gonna get a full off season off. Thank God he won't go try to do the Olympics either. Let's just let's just relax on that. Y'all got medals. One of you has medals. One of you has medal. We're good. Um, so, let's be thankful he didn't tear his leg off the bone trying to go out there. Yeah. And Ugh. here's here's before we get into the Lakers' future. What has bothered me about the coverage about the Anthony Davis injury is that everybody keeps talking about he's soft. It's like he's he's not not. And then he went out there and I think he heard all of that and tried to play when he shouldn't have to prove some kind of yeah. point to people. Y'all get if you if you are injured if you've ever been injured, there's nothing there's a there's very few things you can do about it. Sometimes you just get hurt, and it doesn't have anything to do with being soft. You're just hurt, and you can't play. So I hate that that was that became part of the narrative. You know, you had Kendrick Perkins and everybody else talking about oh he's soft. First of all, this man's a champion and was a big part of why they won the championship last year. And he's hurt. He's not missing games for load management. He's hurt. Relax, everybody. Anthony, your Anthony Davis is fine. I, I even saw people talking about, oh, we shouldn't have traded. See, this is why we shouldn't have traded. Do we forget we just they just won a championship last year? 
Yeah. If you get one yeah. that validates anything that you've done to get there, it doesn't matter anymore. No one cares. You 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 really trying to tell me you would rather have Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram? <laughs> and how, how can we forget? Man? Yeah, we saw that already. It didn't work. Anyway, sorry, I had to get that off my chest. I hate it. I hate the way sometimes athletes get covered and people just just dig in when it's when it's convenient. Um, but yeah, Lakers future. So they've got uh, Dennis Schroeder will be a free agent. Uh, Wes Matthews, free agent. Alex Caruso, restricted free agent. Um, a bunch of other guys that I'm not going to mention because no one mentioned them all season. Markeith Morris, also a free agent. Andre Drummond, free agent. Ben McLemore, mm-hmm. free agent. Mm-hmm. What do they need to do this offseason to get back to the championship contention? Right. So first things first, don't bring any of them back. Any, wow! Um, well, they need to bring, none, they need to bring some of them back because they don't have any cap space. To find anybody else. Work it, work it out, Genie. <laughs> call whoever you need to take a loan. Call you know whatever. Um, and I think uh, so. Harold's a free agent too, right? He is a My free friend. agent, but he is a player option for nine point seven. Um, I don't, I don't, I, I'm sure he's not happy with his role, but I also don't know after what we saw this year from him, who's going to give him more than that? Um, I think if he opts out, we get a little bit of that cap. The Lakers get a little bit of that cap space back, right? Uh, a little. Well, the problem is they're over the cap already. Even with all those people coming off the books, they're still over the cap. So I, I'm going to give you my NBA 2K oh, revolution. Here, to yeah, all here it is. This. They're um, going to get Dame Lillard and <laughs> there it is. Um, Dame Lillard. No. And they're going to trade for Jokic too, and we're just going <laughs> to bring in a. This is a, a revenge slash uh, um, whatever squad. So yeah, we got it wrong. Well, the Lakers got it wrong with the sixth man of the year. Um, we got they they picked up Montreal. Montrez, but what they really meant to do was bring Lou Williams back. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going um, to be mad about that. Uh, Chris Paul is coming to LA. Finally. I, I don't, yeah, right. Um, rest in peace, David Stern. <laughs> um, you make a in run. <laughs> you make a run. Now, here's the thing. I would not hate if you, depending on his condition and everything like that, of course, Get a minimum deal. Get Victor Oladipo in there. Mm. Um, low risk, uh, high reward type of situation. And then, last but not least, your boy sticking it to L.A. by going to the other L.A. franchise. Bring Mister I dunk a lot. Break Blake Griffin oh, to the L.A. Okay. Lakers. I was. I didn't know who you were about to go with. Squad. Yes, sir. Blake, okay. CP, Victor Oladipo, and then bringing in Lou Williams. And I think you have addressed the shooting. You have addressed the lack of floor general leadership when LeBron is not on the court. Hmm. Uh, Chris Paul can put some of those other guys in a good enough position. Uh, you've done a little bit with size with Blake, but you, you don't need a whole lot. They probably will need somebody else. I don't know. Bring JaVale or somebody back. No. doesn't matter. No. Well, I was gonna say Dwight, um, but yeah, yeah. Those, those are my those are my thoughts. I, again, I think there's three levels to what they need to address: shooting, um, um, leadership on the court, and then also um, 
uh, size that can stretch alongside with AD. I don't. I mean, and Marcus Hall didn't count because he's a fossil. So yeah, Marcus Hall actually played pretty well for them in the in the second half of the year. For um, a fossil, he did play well. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, see, this is you don't like KCP. You don't like nobody. Um, I love Marcus Hall. <laughs> he's just I. I just love him in a museum now. I think it's. I think there's some a racial component to that for you. He was, he was black. <laughs> wow. <in music>. wow. <laughs> you want to bring back JaVale McGee? He didn't play in the last three series of the playoffs. <laughs> I, I wanted to say Dwight, but I, I think Dwight's going to be in going to be in demand. So. And he didn't play in the last one series. And he should have. He got the but, he got well, the ceremony. He got the Kevin Garnett ceremonial start. He started. He's first whistle. Dwight's out. We don't see him again. That's it. He's there if you run into Jokic, if you run into Aiton. It's situational. If you run into Gobert. Um, so so of the guys that I think Caruso is a guy that they need to bring back. Um yeah. great defender. I think the shooting during the regular season he shot pretty well, but in the playoffs that that went away. Um Markeith Morris, eh, I don't know. I'm not super excited about him coming back. Uh, it, I guess it just depends on the deal. The Andre Drummond thing is interesting to me. I think when it was bad, it was bad with Andre Drummond. But when it was okay, it was all right. Like I can see how this could work. Uh, but I just is it's all about how much it's going to cost. How much is it going to cost to keep Andre Drummond? Does he feel like he needs to get a bigger deal? Then nope, not doing it. And then the shorter piece, there's He's really gone. there's really nothing you can do to replace to replace him or to get something that's what you were trying to do when you got him. So my hope would be that they could do some kind of sign and trade and get an asset back. I wouldn't want to lose him for nothing. And then if the option is to lose him for nothing or resign him, they may just be in a position where they have, I mean, similar to what the, what happened with the Cavs where we didn't, they didn't really want to sign Tristan Thompson, but we can't really afford to get anything else. So we're kind of stuck. I uh, keep forgetting who was who was the first point guard up last year when they won the championship. Uh, who started for them last year? Who was like the first point guard up? Ray John off the bench. There we go. Thanks. I, well, I'm not doing that. I think 37 year old LeBron year 19. I don't want to do that no more. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I really. I really don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> I really, really, really don't want to do that anymore. When it counts, when it counts, he's gonna get you a ring. Yeah. That's what I believe. Who who Schroeder? Is that Ray, what you're talking about? Raise on. Raise on. Oh, when it counts. Okay. We'll see if it counts this year. I guess it, it won't count. Harold Okay, wait, wait, wait. They're not using them right, so don't count this year. <laughs> you're right. He's he's calling out the plays and they're like, What? I don't even care. I don't know what you're talking about. You're right. You're right. They're confused so they don't understand what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, and then the Montrez situation, I think they're hoping that he doesn't come back or that he comes back and then they can use his contract to make a trade, uh, which I think would probably, be, which will probably be the best situation for, for both of them is being able to use his contract with either a Kuzma or an assigned trade with Schroeder to try to get somebody else that can help them. And then I would really love to see Jared Dudley retire so we can use that roster spot for somebody else. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Um, so wait, are you not sold on Kyle Kuzma like a lot of people are who are writing articles every day since the season ended that his growth is going to be instrumental? Oh, it is. It's very instrumental. I'm 
I'm just not counting on it. That's it. I mean, this was, yeah, I'm, I'm just not counting on it. It needs to happen for them. I think to, to feel comfortable with where they are, but he's, and he's gotten better in other areas, just not on offense. (laughs) He's gotten better defensively. He became a really good offensive rebounder this year, but the shooting got worse. The ball handling hasn't really developed. Um, he needs to kind of go to the reverse LeBron school where LeBron had really good handle when he got in the league and now it's got real loose. He needs to go and now start tightening it up now so we can get good. Um, which is so bizarre with LeBron. He had such a good handle those early years in Cleveland. I don't know what happened. I don't know if he had a good handle as much as he was just more explosive with his first step. You know, yeah, but even that, you like, you saw him like, like now he dribbles between his leg and you're like, he's about to turn it over and then he turns it over. <laughs> <laughs> and then back then it was like it was like pop pop like it was just like man he was so good and now you're like LeBron don't do that don't do, yep off your legs see it's, that's what you get it's been like it for it's been like that for a while though LeBron would be bringing the ball up in Cleveland and I'm just like please pass the ball to somebody it was else. the second the second stint in Cleveland in Miami even yeah, I felt yeah. like the handle was real good and then he got back to Cleveland and was just like I'm not working on this no more. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's weird. It's bizarre. Um, so players that I I think will be interesting there, Goran Dragic, I think will be helpful for them. I don't know what he's going to cost, mm. uh, but I feel like Miami has bigger aspirations in free agency and in trades. I, I like it. I wouldn't be upset with a guy like Rudy Gay to kind of fill that Mark Markeith Morris role. He's a little bit more athletic mm. than Markeith, probably a little bit taller actually, um, and give you a little bit more offensively as well as kind of similar things defensively but but it's going to be interesting to see how they work out these these free, I, I think they should bring Wes Matthews back as long as it's on a, a minimum deal I don't think he's going to get a lot of money anywhere else I think he had a, a rough year shooting but in terms of leadership energy defense I, I still think he brought those things especially um, in that playoff series against uh, Phoenix so but there's gonna be a lot of moving pieces there's gonna be some new faces in in uh in in LA and man it's a disappointing end of the season well I gave you my 2k list I, I will say realistically guys that I think they could either deal for or get an off season Reggie Bullock oh that uh, would be whew, that'd be beautiful and Rashawn Holmes God, I, don't, I don't understand why people like him but okay I is is I think it's just an energy download thing mm. But I guess that's what Montrez was for. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's what Montrez was supposed to be. And he can actually score. Um, I like Rashad Also, a name to watch just in general, Carmelo Anthony with the whole Portland situation, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I feel like he could help a team in the right role. And, you know, what is mm-hmm. he? maybe maybe him and Chris Paul take minimum deals to come play in L.A. and win a championship. Who knows? Banana Bowl, baby. Let's do it. Chris Bosh, what you doing, baby? Let's get those clots worked out. Let's go. <laughs> Dwayne Wade, go to Dwayne, get get your knees looked at. Let's go. (laughs) Let's get the clock worked out. (laughs) You just need a good flush, Chris. That's it. That's it. And let's just go even crazier with it. Darko, let's go. Come on. Oh, my God. Got anything left in those legs? You can still shoot, right? (laughs) Spread the floor a little bit. We got to leave. We got to leave Darko to Peace Middle School. (laughs) Probably over there in Slovenia. All right. So we're going to. Another team caught out of crossroads, Portland Trailblazers. Tough loss to the Denver Nuggets. Parted ways with, you know, that, that word parted ways uh, with mm-hmm. Terry Stotts. I'm waiting for, like, spouses to do that. 
We have parted ways. <laughs> we parted ways. Oh, so yeah. who, who wanted the divorce? We just parted ways. That's it. Uh, <laughs> Mutual agreement. Uh, <laughs> Terry Stotts puts out or is, uh, has been has been let go. Dame after the elimination put up the uh, Nipsey Hustle quotes. When is it? Basically, when is uh, his time going to be? And then puts out that he wants Jason Kidd to be his next coach. And within hours, Ooh. Jason Kidd is like, "I ain't going there." <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably more like no. uh, Jason's agent. Hey, man, uh, yeah, they're not gonna pick you, so you should just go out. Go ahead and say you're not going. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, what I heard when I saw that was Jason Kidd. <laughs> I just imagined him calling Dame like, "Bro, don't put my name." Yeah, that. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm honored. Why don't you find your way over here? Yeah, can come over to L.A. We can make that happen. You know. Um. So the the Portland Trailblazers are in a very interesting place where they've got to figure out their new coach and figure out this roster. And is is Dame going to try to force his way out of L.A.? I mean, out of L.A., out of Portland. Um, They don't have a lot of money. They've got um, Dame, C.J., Rocco, Nurkic. Powell is a player option that he will probably decline. Derek Jones Jr. all signed in for next year as well as Anthony Simons and a couple other guys that you don't know. And, I mean, the big thing for this team is Zach Collins still a basketball player because he hasn't played in two years. They had nobody over yeah. the over the size of 6'7 after Nurkic inevitably fouled out of every game. And, you know, Zach Collins was supposed to be their young, upcoming forward center that they really liked, but now he's a free agent coming off two pretty major injuries is he a part of their future anymore can they rely on him and then what can you do to get more size on this team especially on the defensive end where they've just been atrocious for the last it seems like ever um yeah so what let's do let's get the crystal ball out who do you see as the next coach and will he be coaching dame lillard uh i i i'm I'm gonna stick with one of the names that I had on my list when we um when we Mark when we talked about yeah it won't be Mark Jackson <laughs> it'll never be Mark Jackson again ladies and gentlemen it's over yeah, he's not <laughs> it's over it's over for Mark Jackson um I think he's fully content doing what he's doing no I think um I, I really do think that uh Sam Cassell is gonna get a mm. is gonna get a nod um and I would love to see it. Uh, definitely one of one of the thriftier and and uh, made himself felt you know uh, uh, more present as a guard in the league. So, like I said, you know he's been doing a lot of uh, assistant coaching. I think he's worked his way up. He deserves a shot. Tough thing is, this is a team that's in win now mode, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I don't I don't think that drives well. I don't think they. I don't. I think Dame Dame looks to me like a like a Kevin Garnett in two thousand seven. Where, you know, although they had different, slightly different degrees of success, uh, you could just tell them when the guy is checked out. Yeah. And Dame said a lot about being, you know, about not wanting to team up and do things that way. But I, I think time starts to talk to you a little bit. Mm. And you realize you're not going to play this game forever. And you do need help. And you need the type of help that's going to actually put you over the hump. So I, I, to answer the question of what I think Brooklyn will do moving forward is tough because I don't think Damian Lillard stays in the Portland Trailblazers uniform. 
Yeah, man. It's you know, he like he said, he has talked a lot about not wanting to team up, but you know, those comments after you, you tried to read too much into that because guys are emotional, especially after the effort that he put in in Game Five, where he basically mm-hmm. drug that team into the into both overtimes, and then after he had pretty much emptied the clip, they didn't have nothing. Nope. And watching Rocco and Carmelo Anthony guarding Jokic in the post was was pretty depressing. Uh, and I, I just don't know how they really make this team better. I mean, unless you try to break up C.J. McCollum and, and Damian Lillard, and I don't know, honestly, what you're going to get back that's going to be close or make or what's going to make you better. And so if this team tries to reconstitute around Damian Lillard, then I, I think a guy like Chauncey Billups is is a is a name that I think would resonate with with Dame and would make him feel comfortable with staying there. But yeah. I'm not, but like you, I'm not convinced that he's going to stay. I, and you know the question is well, who's going to take him? I was like, well, I don't know. I don't have a really good answer to that. I could tell you where I'd love to see him go. I would love to see Damian Lillard in a New York Knicks uniform. I just thought of that for the first time ever. Seeing right the garden go crazy that. with Dame shooting from the logo. Ooh, could you please. imagine? Goodness gracious, yeah. You know, if Philly could find a way to get him, pair him with, with Joel Embiid, I think that, wow, could, yeah. that, that could be sick. Um, you know, you know, if you're if you're looking at teams that may have maybe have more assets, a team like New Orleans, get Dame with Zion. And whoever else is left after that, <laughs> it just figure I it out. I feel like that'd be a feel like that'd be a step backward, though. And yeah, then, but, but at least you have a young star that you can, you know. It, it all depends up on how highly Dame looks at some of these other guys. You know, if he looks at Zion as, oh, this guy's a potential star, and I, I can bring the best out of him. I mean, you want to talk about floor spacing? You put Damian Little on the court, that's instant space right there. Absolutely. I, I, it's tough because I think Dame needs a, he needs an equalizer. He needs mm. Denzel Washington. Somebody, <laughs> the Queen Latifah. <laughs> he needs he needs somebody who will uh, who can um, because you know you start looking at the holes in his game and defense. You know yeah. Dame's got to look at that. Uh, so yeah, I put him on the Philly and 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 one of the hallmarks of their team. You know, is he going to be able to fit in culture-wise there? Um, and I'm sure he would. Hmm. But that's why, you know, I think people think we just throw the Lakers out there just because we want to see everybody go to the Lakers. But, no, in this case, it's a really good fit. Yeah. I mean, he would it have would to. be a really good fit. He would have to do what Anthony Davis did and basically tell everybody else, I'm not com- I'm not going to. But he's not even in a position to do that. He just signed an extension, so he signed through 20, 24, 25. Um, yep. So he couldn't even be like, "Well, I'm, I'll leave after this year." He's wherever he goes, he's going to be there. So it's it's a little bit tougher for him to kind of dictate where he wants to go. Yeah. So, man, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I tell you that right now. I would love to see him in LA. I just don't know how in the world it's going to happen, especially in conference. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Where you got to play? I mean, I, two to three times a year. I think we talked, you know, maybe over the last couple of weeks as far as scenarios, if he did stay, you know, I'm still, I think one of my, uh, one of my top scenarios is probably still working out of CJ for Paul George trade. Um, they definitely need more than that. Um, so yeah, you'd have to make some additions, like you said, especially on that front line. Yeah. 
where they're just they're just beat up and depleted, and, and it's not been right. But uh, no, t- Terry Stotts getting fired is is definitely only one piece of the of yeah. puzzle that's going on there. And he's uh, apparently up for every coaching job that has beco- that's become every available. Single one, <laughs> isn't it amazing? <laughs> All this season, they've been talking bad about Terry Stotts, talking about how he's, he's going to be out of there. Now, every job that pops up, this team is interested in Terry Stotts. Why? Um, so speaking of other openings, we got the Orlando Magic fired Cleve St- Steve Clifford after four years. Indiana um, fired their coach, who I forgot who he was until the bad stuff started coming out about him. So I'm not even going to try to say his name now. And so the big question if you are a head coaching candidate and you're looking at Miami, not Miami, not Miami, you could be looking at Miami, but you're not going there. <laughs> and you're looking at Orlando and Indiana, which one of those jobs is more interesting to you? Definitely Indiana. Mm. A, a million percent Indiana. You told me I got Sabonis and Brogdon and Karis LeVert. Uh, if TJ Warren ever makes his way back to basketball, you know, that as well. Miles Turner. Yeah, I'm 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 fully sold that Indiana is a solid organization and some really key pieces away from from being maybe top four in the East. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I, I'm a big believer in them. I think I think Sabonis is, is I think Sabonis is big time, uh-huh. like big time, big time. I think he's he's I think next year he will show. He's going to show out. And he was almost a walking triple-double this year. Here's my thing with Okay, Indiana. not triple-double. Maybe 2010-5. You went a little crazy. <laughs> Maybe 2010-5. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Indiana is so appealing. Man. I think they have to – I think this offseason they need to explore getting rid of either Turner or Sabonis. Because I think for both of them, their best position is at center. I don't think mm. I don't think they complement each other enough to play because I think the the you want to be able to play Sabonis at center because he could stretch the floor do those playmaking things and then Miles Turner is kind of a stretch five with the defensive ability and they both I think they both need to play the five and I, I think at this point with where their value is I think they've got to figure out which one do they want to build around and they got to try to trade the other one to get some more pieces I you you. Well, go ahead. If you opt to build around Miles Turner at this point, I think you're insane. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the yeah from a talent perspective, I'd probably go with Sabonis, but I also think Turner could help it help another team. Agree. Um, I mean, I will shoot. Can we yeah. get can we get Miles yeah. Turner to the Lakers? Can we do that? Yeah, he would have turned some of these playoff series around. Oh, we'll give you. Uh, I believe it. We'll give you Kuzma. We can do a little sign and trade, maybe if you want to. If you want Schroeder, whatever. We'll take Miles Turner off your hands since y'all don't need him. Um, so yeah, I I think yeah Miles Turner I think is a good archetype for for current centers who can protect the rim, rebound, and then do the do the shooting thing as well. So, but I'm actually man Orlando they did a good job with their rebuild, getting all those draft picks that they got uh, this off season. Otto Porter Jr. is a free agent. I I really like the the young guys they brought in. Mo Bamba has played pretty well for them since they got rid of Vucevic. 
Uh, Wendell Carter Jr., Cole Anthony really came on late last year. R.J. Hampton is a guy that I really liked coming out of the draft, especially um, outside of the lottery. And then they've got Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac, who didn't play at all this year because of uh, season-ending injuries or season-ending injuries from the year before as well. So, And they could potentially have two lottery picks, uh, depending on when that Chicago pick falls. So that's a really good situation if you bring in the right kind of coach a young you know a good coach is going to bring some energy bring some structure nobody with the last name van gundy please apply for this job um (laughs) and i think indiana should do what they probably should do last time and get a guy like mike mike d'antoni um for their head coaching position they need some help offensively i think defensively they're pretty solid with brogdon with turner with um Karis Levert, they've got some some perimeter scoring, but somebody that's going to help be a little bit more innovative, especially on the offensive end, and it's going to let those guys really just play. And then for yeah. Orlando, you know, I, I mean, it's it's tough. I think maybe a guy like Brett Brown would be good there, who helped kind of establish mm-hmm. some things in Philadelphia. That's it wasn't, a good call. wasn't quite ready to get them over the hump, but I think he could be a good coach there. Or um, Udoka, who was an assistant in um San Antonio coming from that San Antonio system might be a good kind of bridge builder to kind of get some things established for Orlando. So, I mean, both situations are different. I'm, I I like the potential in Orlando with some of those young guys. They've got quite a few young guys that 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 they can develop. And then you know, shout out to our boy Tunji who's working with the Orlando Lakeland Magic as well, uh, G League champions. So little little, shout out, little shout out to our boy Tunji. Um. Last couple things real quick. Jokic wins the MVP. I don't even know what else we say about this. I feel like this has been kind of fate accompli for the last three months. Uh, yeah. How do you... I thought they announced this back in March. Right. But, uh, <laughs> right. I feel like when they were carrying uh, Joel and and LeBron off the court, that <laughs> they were going ahead and, and putting the name on the trophy then. Um, how do you... Yeah. I guess here's the question I ask. How do you feel about this? Like, does this feel... Does this feel like a lackluster MVP? Does this feel like, um, I don't want to say deserved because I feel like he de- deserved it, but does it just not feel as exciting? Uh, yeah, it, it definitely feels like process of elimination mm. MVP voting, um, which is who's the guy who's still healthy. Yeah. And that's tough because it takes away from the fact that finally we have a big, yeah. <clears throat> Finally, we have a seven-footer that's able to sustain a whole season of play. Finally, we have a seven-footer that's able to be literally the center of his entire team where all things run through. Yeah. And he leads them to, to, to very, very convincing success. Um, the only the only knock against Denver at this point, even this day, is the health of other guys. Jokic has done everything that you could ask of him. Um, um, he's facilitated. He's gotten in on the boards. He didn't become the uh, the the stretch five that's addicted to the three ball, but yeah. he still gives you good mid-range and good post play. Uh, the only thing that he doesn't really do is, is rim protection. And at that point, with him doing so many other things, yeah. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. So, no, he, he's earned it, absolutely. Um, I hate the fact that every other contender for the MVP ended up injured. James Harden, we talked about for mm-hmm. a while. LeBron, we talked about. Embiid, uh, we talked about. But even if all of those guys maintain their health throughout the throughout the year, I think Jokic would still stand alone as the guy who his team could not have done 
close to what they did without him being there. Yeah. So I think they got the right pick, and uh, and I do I, I'm very very excited for for Nikola Jokic being able to uh, uh, to cement his his legacy. He's one of the great Europeans in the game now. You you got to etch him in the history. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with everything you said. Jokic deserved this MVP. Um, I think. Here's what I'll say. I feel bad for a player like Joel Embiid who really came into this season and and came with a completely different mindset, took all the criticism that he got over the last few years and really decided I'm going to be the player that people imagined that I was when I came came to Philly. And then for the only thing to really derail him was the injury. I think if he wouldn't have been injured, he probably would have been the MVP this year with the way that he was playing, especially because he does it on both sides of the court. Um, So that's kind of the feeling that I have seeing Jokic he he deserves the award the season the season he had the efficiency the playmaking and then carrying that team which Jamal Murray went down um all of those things he deserves the MVP but man I feel bad for a guy like Joel who did everything right except for he just couldn't stay healthy this year yeah uh, last thing and this feels weird to be ending the show but it's NBA season who cares about football Julio Jones traded to the Tennessee Titans at Feels like something that had been in the works for a while, uh, but it finally came to pass this week. The Titans getting a, or excuse me, Atlanta getting a 2022 second round pick and a fourth round pick in 2023 for um, Julio Jones and a 2023 sixth round pick. Um, real Real quick question. We'll keep it nice and easy. Does this make the Titans a real contender in the AFC? Yeah. Cool. Well, that's it. Thank you guys for joining us. <laughs> yeah. I, Good I, night, everybody. I love what this, you know, they, they, they lost Corey Davis this off season and really didn't bring in anybody um, to kind of replace that. And then, Hey, why not? Let's trade Corey Davis. Basically, essentially Corey Davis for Julio Jones. Sounds good to me. Um, it, the funny thing about this to me is that Arthur Smith was the OC in Tennessee. He becomes the head coach in Atlanta and then trades his best player back to the team he came from. <laughs> Um, so I and I I love this move for them you know takes the pressure off AJ Brown I mean you have a really solid one-two punch there and then obviously we know what Derrick Henry is going to do every week every game and if they keep that focus on the running game I think that only makes Julio Jones and AJ Brown that much better so I'm excited to see what they do offensively uh, with this team with Julio Jones I think he's still he's still got a couple more years of being a top flight player if he could stay healthy this this team is going to be tough to beat, especially if that defense can get back on track to where they were two years ago. They kind of fell off this past year, but if they can get back to that level of two years ago, I really like this team. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I agree completely. You literally took the words out of my mouth. As long as they stay true to the identity they have now, yeah. uh, some of those some of those plays where you know uh, you saw Ryan Tannehill maybe trying to force to AJ Brown, not forced, but he was he was limited outside of him and and Davis, mm. and so uh, Johnny Smith as well. But um, Julio's an upgrade, point blank period. And if Tannehill can can establish that connection, that is a dangerous squad on offense. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, man. y'all know how we like to end the show. Oh wait, can we give a little? I'm just curious to hear this. A little bit of breaking news. I mean, just that Boston, you know, Brad Stevens now is um, 
is starting his head coach search. Some of the early names, uh, Chauncey Billups uh, and uh, Jamal Mosley comes up, assistant with the Dallas Mavericks, who um, I had not heard his name come up in those previous conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you think? Darvin Ham is also mentioned uh, among among others, and and Yudoka that you mentioned before. Any any guys you think are front runners for that? Uh, I think Billups should be a front runner for that. I don't. I just don't have a really good sense of what what they're what they're going to be looking for, what that roster is going to look like. Yeah. So that's a tough that's a tough call to make. Um, I am a little worried that the black names are coming out now. So now I really don't think they're going to hire anybody black. Um, <laughs> they threw the, they threw them all against the wall. I think the only name that's missing was Mike Brown. Uh, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Jawan Howard. Right. And... Like, it's they they threw them all out there, so they're definitely going with the whitest coach they can find when they get the chance. Uh, Flip Saunders' son, Ryan Saunders, will be the new coach. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have I don't I don't have a good sense of what direction they're going there. Um, that's the question. So yeah, I, th- I think maybe if we hear a little bit more about what about what he's uh, what Brad Stevens is looking for, how he's going to develop this team from a front office standpoint, then that feel better. But there's a lot of things up in the air with that Boston team. Agreed. I'm on the same page. Nice I can name a player I'd like to see get a chance, but yeah. if I'm a coach, I kind of want to know what's going right. with Jalen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah. you know, the, the rumors came out today that Kim, the relationship between Boston and, and Kemba is bad after they tried to trade him this offseason, and both of them are motivated to, to part ways this, this offseason. So that's another big change. Yeah, man. I thought it was already foregone. Kemba was pretty much going to be gone. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they can get for him at this point because the last two years have not been uh, a good reflection. Not been kind to Kemba. Yeah, man, so sad. I love Kemba. Cardiac Kemba. Cardiac Kemba. Well, what a step back that kid. <laughs> legendary. It's still legendary. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't don't. It's still. It's still. No, trust me. I watched that clip. That dude. That dude from. Time. They're still picking that dude from Pittsburgh off the floor. He's still out of frame. <laughs> <laughs> the cameraman's still trying to find him. <laughs> um, all right, so y'all know how we like to end the show. And that is with our parting words. So, Ian, give us your parting words for tonight. Parting words. You know what? Uh, I, I shout out Brandon Stewart. I'm glad to see what she was able to do with getting uh, getting a shoe deal. Um, Lisa Leslie recently brought something up just saying, like, you know, Diana Taurasi should get a shoe deal. I 1 million percent agree. I don't know why Diana Taurasi would not have a signature shoe. Mm-hmm. She is, by all accounts, the, uh, I don't want to call her the female Michael Jordan, but she is <laughs> truly, to me, one of the one of the greatest yes. women's basketball players ever. But Absolutely. also, at a day and a time, remember, around this time last year, George Floyd, a lot of the things going on, every organization in the world was Black Lives Matter and their, their head off. And you see these, these, these companies, you know, uh, um, Nike, I think Oz Wilson, the sign there, you know, is there a shoe deal? Uh, I think Candace Parker's uh, signature deal kind of dried up with Adidas. What's going on there? Skylar Diggins was, uh, the, I think she signed before Brandon Stewart did and still doesn't have a signature shoe deal. I just, not just because they're black, but because they're great, because they're pioneers and I want to see it be normalized that these ladies, even coming out of college, mm-hmm. after they have these historic runs and these great Final Four, when that's at the height of viewership for women's basketball, 
I want to see these countries, these companies lean in and start giving, giving these signature deals, give these, give these ladies some love uh, that gets them out there in more ways so that they can really build a following. Uh, so that the, a lot of these women, they, they play the game well enough. They should be multimillionaires. So I'm just knocking on the door of these shoe cups, these shoe companies. Shout out to Brianna. That's what's up. But, uh, give our sister some love. I've been wanting to use that sound effect and it felt good to use it right there. I completely agree with Thank that. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> uh, Diana Tarazi, to me, is the GOAT. She is the GOAT. I, I'm, I'm not going to debate it with anybody ever. Straight she up. is the GOAT. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Um, <laughs> so, you guys, I'm going to do something I've, I don't like to do, but Ian, this is for you. My parting word is about baseball. And I was watching uh, some sports television this morning, and they were talking about, you know, the foreign substances on baseballs. Now they're concerned about it, even though it's been happening forever. Um, And Garrett Cole gets asked, have you ever used, I forgot what it's called. It sounded actually like a drug or whatever. They were like space black or something. And his answer was so atrocious. And by answer, I mean, he did not answer the question at all. He sat there and looked at them for five seconds, saying nothing, and then said, I don't know how to answer that question. It's a pretty simple question. Did you use it or did you not use it? You you pretty much R. Kelly that answer when you sat there no. and said nothing for five seconds. No. Um, so really this parting word is actually for Major League Baseball because, once again, another situation of something that we all have already known that's been going on you guys have just kind of given the blind eye to like you did with steroids and all of those other performance enhancing drugs and now here we are in 2021 and now you're concerned about foreign substances on baseballs which oh the other the other worst part about the answer is then he goes into this long thing about how there's certain things that have been passed down from generation to generation in baseball and some of those things are good and some of those things are bad and if Major League Baseball is dealing with this thing right now, then that's something that we need to get behind. Said nothing. Absolutely nothing. And just confirm for all of us that you're using an illegal substance. <laughs> what is this called? Space tech? Yeah, something like yeah, it's it sounds like a really bad drug. Oh, hear it. Hear it. And wasn't he with the Astros? Never mind. Yeah, don't, don't even don't even get me started on that. So this is this is your baseball take, ladies and gentlemen. Major League Baseball, congratulations. You're playing yourself. The one time you talk about <laughs> baseball. Why? First of all, give me some credit. I did talk about Shohei Otani. Um even though he's on that dumpster fire of a team in Los Angeles. Oh yeah, shout out to the uh, to the Little League World Series. Is that um, happening right now? On, uh, it's either legal I think it's college. I think it's College World Series. Shout out to Danny Alante. Okay. I think that's our time, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's over. I think it's over. Don't oh, act, my God. Don't act like you don't know about you don't know about Danny Almonte. He was 14. <laughs> he was 30. <laughs> that kid was 30 out here just dominating kids that had to go to school the next day. <laughs> 92 miles an hour on the fastball. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, y'all. That's that's the show this week from Cleveland, Ohio. 
Mr. Pivot himself, International Ian Lamont Morgan. <laughs> I believe in you, Daddy. I believe in you. <laughs> and here in the capital city, they call him the Black Denny Almonte because it just doesn't seem fair. <laughs> it's your boy, <laughs> Malcolm Morgan. This has been the 301 Podcast. We'll see you all next time.